0: Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Start with this sentence, and I pray that this sentence will stick to you. As long as there's two human beings, there is conflict. As long as there's two human beings, there is conflict. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't want conflict. <laughs> now, if you ask husband and wife, uh, they can tell you what I mean. Yeah, uh, Two people, when they stay, you know, even 24 hours, there will be some things that uh, will cause some form of, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, dislikes, uh, disappointments, and all this kind of stuff. When you're dating, everything is rosy. Yeah, the man smells good. Start, after getting married, the next morning he doesn't smell that good. Especially when he releases some gas, depending on what he eats the night before. How many of you understand what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hey, confession is good for the soul Uh, Okay, and uh, those of you who are not understanding what I'm saying, you're not married yet Okay, Uh, when you come to the real world of reality, uh, you begin to realise that two people will cause problem Let's pray Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word is alive, Your Word is real. And I pray that, Lord God, that as we look into Your Word, as we dive into Your Word, let Your Holy Spirit teach us. Help us to take this Word and apply it in our lives. Help it to be really practical for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In 2013, now 2009, we came back from Nepal and took over our home church as, uh, you know, uh, senior pastors of the church. Uh, it's fairly uh, uh, mid-sized church. Uh, uh, you know, we had uh, 99% Chinese uh, uh, population in our church. <laughs> and so there was a study done, how can Indians uh, uh, pastor a Chinese church? Yeah? I'm not joking. It was done in the seminary in Penang. Uh, and uh, so... Uh, There was a lot of interviews (laughs) they asked us, how do we do that? But for 11 years, we pastored the church. But some way, uh, uh, you know, every year we would go back to Nepal because we had fairly large ministry in Nepal. We have a radio uh, station. Uh, We have uh, social work uh, into village areas. Uh, And we have, um, you know, we run sports competitions. Between village and villages. Uh, Nepalese are really, uh, you know, into sports. Uh, they're really short, but they can jump really high, so they're really good in basketball. Okay, uh, they can give the Americans a, a run for their money, and uh, so the Nepali is a pretty interesting group of people. Um, and so, in 2013, uh, I took a pastor friend, another senior pastor, and both of us went, you know, just for some bonding. Uh, We took some time, half a month, to hike uh, to the Everest Base Camp. And while we were on the way, uh, my shoe gave way, uh, and I was uh, walking in snow. And we had a freak snowstorm, which is not supposed to happen in uh, early November. And so there was an avalanche uh, in a place called Amadablam. Amadablam is a mountain mountain. Uh, that is very, very famous. If you go and Google it up, uh, you know, a lot of incidences have happened, uh, people trying to climb that particular mountain. There's a lot of avalanche there. And so, because of the avalanche, I was stuck there for four days. And I had pneumonia because I've been walking in snow uh, for about 13 hours a day. And so, while having pneumonia and in that place, they were stuck with three Japanese girls two of us, and one American guy. Now, I won't mention names uh, because of uh, privacy. Yeah, And so, uh, this guy, uh, uh, he's really well-to-do, young man. Uh, he was in the property market. And so, he's made his money at the age of 28. <laughs> and uh, he's now taking one year off to travel around the world with one aim in life, that is, he will sleep with every nation it's a woman. And two senior pastors sitting here, there, hearing his stories. You know, he doesn't know we were pastors, yeah. So he was telling, how oh, I was in this country, you know, and oh man, I had fun. And he knows all the places where to have fun. And so he was telling all these stories to the horrid expression of three Japanese girls, because he sees in this small lodge where everybody huddles. Uh, in that place where they heat up the place. That's the only place that's heated because it's minus 15. Okay? And so everybody sits there for a whole day until we sleep. So this young man tells us all his stories. And so finally he decides to ask us, what do you do? I say, I'm a senior pastor in this church. And he says, he's a senior pastor in that church. And he goes, now he knew what a pastor means. (laughs) Not every Westerner understands what's a pastor, but he knew exactly uh, because he was son of a pastor. Fairly large church that I personally know in Portland, uh, USA. Uh, But something happened in this young man's life. You see, his mother when he was young ran off with a church member. So the church disciplined the pastor and when they disciplined the pastor who is his father whom he loves very much within months his elder brother died. Imagine tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and he was so offended by church and Christians he hated the word church. He had no issue with Jesus. But he had all the issues with the church, with the people, with the so-called leaders. And when the past, father was constantly telling him, you must forgive, you must... That didn't go very well. And so, he went as far as possible from God and everything to do with God. And so that day, you know, We were wondering why avalanche, why pneumonia, why stuck here Lord. But, we never realised that God has an appointment of reconciliation. Long story short, that young man rededicated his life to Jesus. A few weeks later, I was preaching in my church and lo and behold, he was sitting there. He traveled from Nepal to Penang for first time in church. He was probably about 30 years old. He left church when he was 17. First time sitting in Reservoir Garden Baptist Church in Penang. Weeping. A grown, six foot plus, young Caucasian man weeping before his maker and having reconciliation today I've entitled my sharing as an appeal to reconciliation an appeal to reconciliation ok and this is from a letter in the New Testament called Philemon not many people read you know some, sometimes we miss this kind of books, it's just one chapter ok, just one chapter now let me give you some background to this letter. I want to let you know one of the things that is happening all around the world used to happen 2000 years ago as well. <laughs> what is that? That people get offended. Do you know that in church, so many people get offended? People don't like the preaching, people don't like the worship, people don't like the color of the chair. Black and white. What color is this? Like funeral. Bring some colour, Pastor. Rainbow. Ooh, oh. <laughs> you can't say some things. You can't speak about sin. Oh, that's offensive. That's politically incorrect. You know, when I went to America to preach, I have to be careful of everything to the point that I don't just speak. Hey, come on. Let's, don't, let's not say anything because whatever you say can be incorrect whatever you say will offend someone and the devil is using offense to ravage the church today do you understand that people that seem to be so spiritual and holy suddenly don't like each other and then there will be two groups formed in the church And then they don't like each other. Before you know it, they bomb one another. It has happened. Ireland. Hello? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a country called Ireland. The Protestants and the Catholics kill each other. (laughs) Literally kill each other. Take bombs and put it in the church. Any empty bags around? (laughs) Friends, offense is a weapon and tool that is being used by the enemy to ravage the people of God. And we got to know, you know, a trap always has a bait. And the bait for many Christians, many Christians think. Being offended is not a sin. But I want to tell you this. In the Lord's Prayer, He says, Help us forgive the trespasses of others as you forgive our trespasses. Amen? Do you understand that? Even in the Lord's Prayer, it's already there. Jesus said, If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Very simple. How many of you know, theologically, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand that. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. That means you will not be in heaven. Simple. Can I put it in simple English? You don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Equals, you will not be in heaven. People think, you do you know, we have this idea big sin, small sin. People think you do big sin. What is big sin? Sleeping with my neighbor's wife. What is small sin? You lie about your neighbor's wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say this to you offense is a sin before God. And so in this passage, we really see there are four groups of people. First Paul. Paul is the peacemaker who's writing this letter. Okay? Most of the letters that Paul writes is always to the churches. But this letter is unique. It is written to an individual, Philemon. Philemon is the name of a person. It's not a fruit. <laughs> okay? uh, and so, uh, he is writing to Philemon uh, with an appeal. Now, every time Paul writes a letter to a church, he always brings up the topic of the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. But this is the only letter he doesn't talk anything about death and resurrection. Paul is now old. He is now in the prison when he's writing this letter. And I want you to know also that... Paul has had his fair share of offense. He has offended people, and he has been offended by people. He also has had disagreements and separations. He separated from his own mentor, called Barnabas, because of a disagreement. Because of one young man called John Mark, Paul don't want to take him on a missionary trip because he feels he is not faithful. But Barnabas says, "Let's take him." So that disagreement. Split the early church fathers. (laughs) You thought only now happened. 2,000 years ago already happening. Those of you at home, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Secondly, you have Philemon. Philemon is someone from the town of Colois. He is a believer. He is a rich man. How do I know he's a rich man? Because he owns slaves. In the Roman culture, rich people have slaves. Okay and uh, he he had a church in his house he's probably the leader of the church so he's not some ordinary man then you have the third party someone called Onesimus who is Onesimus he's the slave of Philemon he did something wrong he ran away from the master and i'm sure he must have done something wrong continuously that he ended up in prison and then met Paul, Paul led him to the Lord and then his life was totally transformed and he's serving Paul. So you say, Pastor, there's only three people in this group, in this letter. Where's the fourth person? The fourth person is the church that met in Philemon's house. You see, many times when leaders have disagreement, the one that is really affected is the church. Because they tend to take sides. And when they take sides, the church gets split up. Today, I have advice for you. You must take sides. But the sight of God. Did you hear what I just said? You take only God's sight. And what does God say about reconciliation in the Word? So in this letter, let's look at it very quickly, very fast. Paul says, uh, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved our Archipus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4 I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the heart of the saints have been refreshed by you. Brother, verse 8, Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you. Being such a one as Paul the H., You see, he's old now. And now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. I like this name. Onesimus. If some of you want to have a son, this is a good name. And now I missed where I was saying Onesimus. Okay, son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, that means he's in prison, who once was unprofitable to you, Remember that? But now is profitable to you and to me. Wow! Transformation. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him. That is my own heart whom I wish to keep with me. That on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I want to do nothing. That your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For uh, perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord." Verse 17, If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owe anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord refresh my heart in the Lord having confidence in your obedience I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say but meanwhile also prepare a guest room for me I like this part (laughs) for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you Ephras, my fellow prisoner in Christ greets you verse 24 very important as do mark Aristarchus Damas Luke my fellow laborers the grace of our lord Jesus Christ be with you with your spirit amen amen <coughs> dear friends this is an amazing letter, not just for individual but the global church. There's so many lessons we can learn about reconciliation. I want to start from the perspective as a peacemaker. I want to let you know that Paul is actually teaching us here the actual death and resurrection of Christ being practiced, not just speaking about it, but being practiced. Do you know that Jesus came as the peacemaker between you and God? Remember era? Sorry, remember? I almost mentioned the name. (laughs) Remember the guy I said I met in Nepal? He had to make peace with God. He had to make peace with the church. He had to make peace with his dad. And you know what? When he went back to America, he wrote me an email. He made peace with everyone because of Jesus. Because Jesus is the true peacemaker. He came to bring peace between men and God. Are you here with me? In this story, Paul is the peacemaker and he as a peacemaker, the first thing he we have to learn about being a peacemaker is this. The approach of the peacemaker I want you to see the approach of the peacemaker. What is the approach of the peacemaker? First of all, he says to uh, Philemon that I remember and pray for you. You see, Paul was establishing this a point to Philemon. Hey, Philemon, I'm not a stranger. I'm not a stranger. I pray for you. I think about you. I am your spiritual dad. I brought you to the Lord. I love you. And the things that I'm going to say to you is because I care about you. You know, people don't care to listen if you don't care about them. Are are you hearing me, guys? You know, that's why I don't care to listen to what the politicians have to say at least in Malaysia (laughs) you want leaders who care about you and we know it's because of Jesus' love for us that he came Amen how many of you know that if Jesus wanted I was just telling Pastor Daniel he would have done everything virtually (laughs) you think this virtual thing is something new? We think it's, all oh, technology. Hey, these guys, Jesus and Heaven was using technology trillion years ago. <laughs> they had, you know, in those days, we watched the Star Wars movie, Trans oh no, Star Trek. You know, they transport, you know, from the uh, spaceship to another place in a tube. <coughs> yeah. Well they were doing that? Five, six thousand years ago. Angels were appearing before Abraham. Hologram, what virtual (laughs) Zoom call from heaven. Whatever, man, these guys, Jesus could have died on the cross in heaven. And live telecast through YouTube. (laughs) But yet, he came down to show that he cares. He became like us. That's what a peacemaker does. The approach of the peacemaker is so important. You don't go in and say, Oh, you, fellas, huh? don't know how to behave. Huh? Why you always fight? Why you uh, offend one another? Are you dumb? How long have I been preaching? <laughs> you understand? The approach is so important. And I, I love this. Verses 1 to 7. The approach of Jesus, uh, Paul, is so amazing, exactly like Jesus. He says, A man who loved God and his people. He tells Philemon, Hey Philemon, you are someone that I heard from others that you really love God and you love the church in your house. He tells the good points about Philemon. He goes on, he says, Paul himself was encouraged by Philemon's love and faith. He said, you know, Paul is the greatest apostle, one of the greatest apostles. He's planted so many churches, he's travelling all around, he's doing so many things for the Lord and he says, your life encouraged me. Wow! Philemon must be thinking, I've done it, man. The Master himself is encouraged by my life, by my love. And now, listen, the Malay say, ini bukan bodek. Eh? bodek kan? This is not like uh, what we call, uh, I don't know what's in English. What is border in English? Um, butter coat, sugar coat, whatever coat. <laughs> you know, we say nice things that we don't mean. You know, especially, you know, when we look at a child, we always say, oh, so cute, but actually, you know what's the meaning of cute or not? <laughs> Ugly but adorable. <laughs> So I I stopped using the word cute actually. Uh, And so, but this is truth. Paul is telling to Philemon, I'm really encouraged by your love and your faith. And then he he says, in order for your sharing, verse 7, in order for your sharing or your sharing of faith to become more effective, you got to do this one thing. Okay? See, he tells all the good things. Then he says, for you to be growing in your faith. You see, faith is something that cannot be stagnant. It has to grow. Am I right? Bible says, those of you who lack faith, ask of God. Am I right? Yeah? And so faith is something that needs to grow. And Paul is saying to Philemon, for your faith to be more effective, to grow your leadership, to be more effective, you got to do this. You see the approach or not? So I pray that today, that you will have good approach in every situation where God puts you as a peacemaker. You know, many years ago uh, in Nepal, we used to train church planters and send them out for church planting. There was one guy, he came back, His face was all swollen up, tooth all missing, you know, uh, lips all swollen, cracked. I said, what happened to you? He said, I suffer for Jesus. I said, really? What happened? He said, the villagers beat me up. Oh, I got, you know, villagers beat you up. Why, why, what happened? He said, I went to the, the Hindu temple and I told them, why are you worshipping all this stone? Friends, do you think that was a good approach for peacemaker? You're supposed to reconcile them with Jesus, and you go there and tell people why you worship stone. Man, when when he said that, I felt like giving extra two tight slaps. After all the training that I've given, your approach was so wrong. (laughs) You deserve it. we don't bring peace by offending people. Come on! Yeah, sometimes truth hurts. But we got to say it in a manner that we don't insult people. You don't tear down people. That is not Christ's way. Amen? Amen? the approach of the peacemaker just look at how Jesus treated people especially sinners see how he treated Zacchaeus the woman caught in adultery how did he treat these people and how did he treat religious leaders (laughs) he's not very gentle with religious leaders but with sinners with the laws He's very gentle. He told the entire book, uh, sorry, the entire chapter, Luke chapter 15, is the story of all the lost. Lost coin, lost sheep, lost son. And in that story, you can find the heart of the father. His approach towards lost people. So the peacemakers must have right approach. Amen? Secondly, what can we learn about reconciliation from this letter? Is forgiveness must always be followed by embrace. Say it together with me: forgiveness and embrace. Verses eighteen to fifteen, we see. That Paul is actually teaching a very important lesson. Verse 8 to 10, just now I read it. He said this. He said, when you want to forgive people, it's not out of compulsion, but of compassion. Not out of compulsion. I don't want to force you. He says, I can tell you, because I'm the apostle Paul, and I brought you to the Lord, I can actually tell you what to do, but I will not. I will appeal. So that you would not forgive because of compulsion. Now, you know, sometimes we have two, three children and they fight with one another. And how parents do it? Hey, Mark, you better say sorry to John. And Mark, okay, sorry. John, now you forgive Mark. Okay, forgive you. Have you seen kids do that? Is that true repentance and forgiveness there? <laughs> Dear friends. That's what is happening sometimes in church. Pastor come and say, hey, Yola, you better forgive one another. There is no truth. It's out of compulsion. Yeah, I got no other choice. Wa. I have to forgive. The words say so. We become so religious. There's no more relationship. It's because of love. You know, every time my daughter does something and she looks at me with the eyes, you know, pussy in my boots, uh, that, 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 that show the the pussy in the boots that look that that look i melt i see her eyes and i go oh <laughs> i actually forgot the sin now my wife is learning the same skills <laughs> after spending you know, oh pocket koya. <laughs> no, my wife doesn't do that. And you know, So, out of compulsion or out of compassion? Very important question we have to ask. You know, God forgives us because He loves us. Do you know that? Not because He has to. It's not because hell got no place so he has to send some of us eh, uh, like in the church because of the social distancing we have to put some people on the overflow room so hell is too packed now let's send some of them to heaven (laughs) I have to no that's not what that's not the heart of God God loves us friends, there is nothing you can do that can make God hate you you know why? Because God is love. You know what's that meaning? God is love. God, you know, God doesn't have to ask for love because He is. You and I have to pray and say, God fill my heart with love. Why do we ask Him? Because He is love. So his forgiveness for you and me is because of his love. Then he goes on, he says, you know, in verse uh, uh, 11, uh, he says, last time he was unfruitful, but now he's actually very useful. (laughs) That means Onesimus has shown the fruit of repentance. He has changed. You see, in the Bible, it talks about the fruit of repentance. John the Baptist he was baptizing the people, and suddenly Pharisees came to him and said, "We also want to be baptized." He said to them, "Hey, you brood of vipers! Show the fruit of repentance." There's something called fruit of repentance. If you have been, I'm trying to find uh, illustration that doesn't offend you. <laughs> Okay, if you have been sleeping around, which I'm very sure none of you do it, and you come to know Jesus, you accept Jesus, and you still sleep around, have you repented? If you have totally stopped, you abstain everything, have you repented? That's the fruit of repentance. That's the fruit of repentance. And that is what is seen in Onesimus' life. And so where there is repentance, forgiveness must be there. Forgiveness must be there. No matter what the person has done, when they repent, forgiveness must be there. There was a story of a lady in America that really touched my heart so much. Now, the husband travels a lot. She's a young; They were a young couple, and in one of his trips, she was staying home alone. A thief broke into the house, stole the stuff, but not only stole stuff, he raped her. A few days later, the thief was caught. They, the couple was called to identify the thief. You know, in those, I think... I, I don't know all this police stuff. So she went to the police station uh, or wherever there was with the husband to identify. But as they were going, they prayed and the Lord touched them in the car and said, you need to forgive this guy. After identifying and then when he was already sentenced, they went to the prison to visit this guy. She baked a cake for the guy who raped him. Uh-huh. Bake a Cake! brought the cake to the guy, give the guy the cake. And the guy was like, I get a cake for raping you? <laughs> and they did that for every week. They would go back, visit him, until the guy was so agitated. He said, why are you doing this? For that she said, Jesus forgave my sins, and he has called me to forgive you. The guy broke down gave his life to Jesus when his sentence was over they did something really out of this world when he came out he got nowhere to go they brought him into their house the husband still travels can you imagine leaving your wife with the guy who raped your wife and go for work how do you sleep at night? seriously? seriously? <laughs> I need Jesus. Long story short, that guy became a pastor. That's what it does when you forgive. It releases people into their destiny. It releases you to become more like Jesus. Amen? It's a very difficult thing, forgiveness. Very, but that's when we become like Christ. That's why Jesus said, Follow me. Amen. Are you learning something, guys? And so he's saying, uh, You know, I need to really run, guys. I don't have time. Uh, let's move on. Paul does, you know, Paul says to Onesimus, I can keep this, uh, sorry, uh, Philemon. He says, I can keep Onesimus to myself since he ran away from you. But that's not the right thing. I want to send him back to you, set things right, and then you send him back to me. You know, because right now, I'm having something that actually belongs to you. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, when I was leaving Reservoir Garden Baptist Church as senior pastor, I had to check my library and I found that in my library there were a lot of books with the chop or the seal of the church. That means that book doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the church. But because I'm the senior pastor, I approved to buy the books. That doesn't mean the book is mine. The right thing to do Is give it back to the church And if the church feels Hey pastor, we want to give you back Then it's okay But If I take it Because I'm the senior pastor Then You know I've not done the right thing So I preach about something called Right thing, doing the right thing the right way just like David, when he wanted to bring the ark back from uh, the Philistines, he put it on a cart because the Philistines, first time they took it in a cart. And God struck the guy who was, you know, what do you call that, driving the car or riding the cart. Uh, his name was Uzzah. I remember that. And after that, David realized hey, hey that's not the right way to transport God's ark. I got to do the right thing the right way. And in forgiveness, doing the right thing the right way is you don't just forgive, you need to embrace. This is where the crunch comes. Following after forgiveness is reconciliation, uh, for, sorry, forgiveness must be followed by embrace for reconciliation to be complete. Forgiveness is Inward Embrace Is outward You know I've heard many times From the pulpit People have preached You can forgive but you cannot forget Have you heard that? That is not forgiveness Are, are you here with me? That is not forgiveness Can you imagine Jesus say I forgive you but I've not forgotten what you did Bible says when He forgives us, He separates our sin from us from as far as the east is from the west. God forgives and chooses to forget our sins. And He said, follow after me. Jesus said, be perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. But a lot of us have this idea, can forgive. Cannot forget. You know, and we use illustration like that. Once get wounded, and got scar. I know. When someone hurts you, you will be, you know, scared to be hurt again. We say things like, once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> but in order to follow Jesus, forgiveness must have Embrace And the embrace here, friends, Paul is asking Onesumas to break every traditional culture of the Roman people. You see, for the Roman people, they have standards. The Romans are different class. The slaves are different class. You cannot embrace a slave. Now, we Indians understand this because we have caste system. Maybe some of you May not, especially in the West, you will not understand this part. Because all are equal, which comes from the word of God. But for us, we are so human, we got caste system. I come from a high caste, so I cannot mix with simply anybody. Especially people who eat pork. Do you know that? <laughs> and what am I doing in Sravan and Sabah? Babiutan. <laughs> So, friends, Paul is telling to Philemon something that the whole entire community is going to laugh at him. Embrace Onesimus. Not as a slave, but as a brother. What? Change his status somehow. That's exactly what Christ did for you and me. He forgives us and made us co-heirs with him. Amen. He changed our status. The lost son, when he came back, the father, you know, the son said, I go back as a slave in my father's house. Remember the story? The prodigal son? He said, I want to go back as a, as a slave. But gee, when the father comes, he says, bring out the coat, bring out the ring, bring out the sandal. Why sandal? Slaves have no right to wear shoes. Change his status. He will never be a slave. He will always be a son. And that's what God wants to do to you and me. And that's what He wants us to do to others. We sang a powerful song just now. Can we have the slides out very quickly? The song that says, uh, uh, holy, you know, that, that's the chorus part. Can you get it out? Okay. So forgiveness must follow embrace. And it's a very difficult part to do that. Embrace. The story of this lady that was raped is a perfect example of embrace. Perfect example. While they're getting the song out, third thing is peacemakers must be willing to pay the price. Remember Paul says, Whatever he owe you, I will pay. I want you to know this, friends. Jesus paid a big price for you and me. Peacemakers must be ready to pay the price. When we go and share the gospel, we become peacemakers. You understand? When you go for evangelism, you are peacemakers. And when we go out to do that, huh? We have to pay a price. Sometimes people will insult us. Sometimes people will laugh at us. Sometimes people ask, why you Christians must always talk about Jesus? Why must you come and tell us about Jesus? That's the price we have to pay. You know how many times I've been insulted? (laughs) And I used to ask God, do I deserve this? Am I that? Dumb to be insulted like this? But the Bible says, I'd rather be foolish for God. Amen. You know, this so- song just confirmed what I need to sp- preach today. They don't know what I'm preaching. The worship leader doesn't know. You are the worship leader, right? All of you wear mass. I don't know who is who. <laughs> you know, and uh, thank you for choosing this song. It says, holy... There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Let's move on next. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me. And then he goes on. Fill me with what? Your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. This is Christianity summed up. Christianity is not about us. I am tired of churches that is always about us. You know why I love this church? I actually love this church. I fell in love just now, not because you take care of me. You know, a church decides to give away one Sunday's offering. It's a lot. It could be the pastor's salary, it could be the rental. Of this place, it could be a portion that can be used for other ministries. And your our money eh, converted in euro eh, is puny. But yet this church says even if it is two fish and five loaves in the hands of Jesus, it can be multiplied. You are showing the love that God filled in you to the people around you. That's true Christianity. I wish more churches would rise up like this. Instead of just thinking about themselves, about themselves, about themselves. Christianity is not about ourselves. It's about the people around us. Are we willing to pay the price? I will close with this. I don't think you need to hear every anymore. Uh, just stand with me. I know time has passed. We have another service. Sorry, Pastor Daniel, but I really feel, my wife was saying to me this morning, she read from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. She said, cast all your cares unto the Lord. And she said, there's someone now, in 32 years, I've been ministering for 32 years, I've never said this, especially online. There's someone That has a suicidal thought You just want to give up Maybe relationships are really gone Things are messed up Maybe you're watching from home Maybe you're tuning in for the first time And you're thinking this is my last chance And I have this to say this to you Your life is not yours Because Christ paid a big price for your life don't you dare take it. But give it to Christ. When you give your life to Christ, every mass will become a message. Every mess will become a message. Give your life to Jesus, my dear friend. Don't you dare take your life. Go to the website of this church, find the phone number, call the pastors. Talk to them. And to the rest of us, I don't know what is the situation of relationships around you, but Christ has picked you up, filled you up so that you will be his agents of reconciliation because of time. If you are a person here and those who are at home, that you have some issues in relationship, wherever you are, just lift your hands and I'm going to pray for you. If there's any relationship that you feel, Pastor, I just can't get along with this person. But today, from the letter to Philemon, I have learned I have to not only forgive, but I have to embrace. Just as Jesus has embraced me. And if you're that person would you just lift your hands wherever you are just lift your hands nothing to be shy of all of us have issues in relationships as i pray thank you brother and those of you at home as well father i thank you you see the people that are responding to this call and saying yes i need to get that relationship right i need to get i need to get this relationship right Father, I pray that you will truly touch them. Lord Philemon was a godly man, yet there was offense in his his own situation. And Lord, I know that Paul said that he will do much more. There will be obedience in his life when the word of God was spoken over him. In the same way, I pray for obedience for my brothers and sisters who are right now struggling in some relationships. Father, bring healing into that relationship in Jesus' name. Help that person to forgive and embrace in Jesus' name. Lord and I want to pray for every single person in SIB life. The name is life because they are going to bring life into situations, yes. relationships and, and and people's lives that are seems to be spiritually dead. This church will become Amen. a church that brings life Amen. in Jesus name. Amen. And I pray that they will live out the word, not just act out the word. Yes. They yes. will live it out. Yes, Jesus because they will see the power of the Word yes. through them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for tuning in to Live Podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.